Wow, God is so good. We continue the series that relates to uh, identity crisis. A number of, uh, a number of years ago, I, uh, uh, we had biker ministry here at Victory, and I, of course, I have a Harley Davidson, and uh, it's loud, it's chromed out, and I, I, wanted, I wanted people to hear me if they couldn't see me, especially here in Florida, so it was, it was loud, and you know, unlike a little sewing machine sound you get out of a Honda, but, uh, but, but a Harley is just a totally different sound. And so, we had a Friday night bike ride, and um, there was, I don't know, 20, 25 of us out. And, you know, I, I had all the paraphernalia and all the stuff that goes with it. Uh, that is, you know, the black, the, the leathers, it was cool that night, so, so I had on all the leggings and the, and the boots and the do-rag and, and uh, just, you know, I, I really, I looked, I looked the part. I had a leather jacket and had a chain, you know, so uh, it's kind of like, you know, um, maybe I had an identity crisis now that I'm thinking about it, but, but we decided we were coming through Bartow and it was about dinner time and, uh, and so we thought we'd stop at Denny's, Denny's. And so we all roared in there, 20, 20 of us, 25 roared in there. And, and you know, you don't, when you, you don't just roar in, you know, you come up and get parked. And time, I bailed off and went up toward the restaurant and the door, and just in time to see the, the women in there running uh, to the door and locked it. <laughs> And put a closed sign out. Closed. We're not open. And I stood there. I thought, well, what's up with that? You know, they just decided to close. And I said, uh, are, are you closed? Yes. Hey, we are. We we want to get something to eat. You know, we're closed. Well, David Drew, I think, walked up. And he's scary enough. My Lord, have mercy. And and they they just were afraid of a biker group that was there. And bikers have a reputation that's not good. That's why that Victory Riders is a Christian organization. But we look, we look, you know, bad, man. But anyway, uh, so I got it and I said, no, I'm, I'm the pastor of Victory Church. You see, Victory Riders is on the vest. Victory Riders, you know. Oh, they're not buying it. <laughs> yeah, uh-uh. I said, I'm a minister. I reached into my wallet, got my credential card, held it up. I'm a pastor of a church. No, you're not. <laughs> no way. Finally, we just realized they were not going to serve us. I have never forgotten that. As a matter of fact, I'm still getting sanctified over that night of the rejection that I felt was unbelievable. So, what do we do? We crawl right back on the bikes. And we go down to Mike's restaurant in Bartow. Mike's opened their doors up. We went in and got ready and, you know, had a great meal together. And we're talking about how we were rejected and turned down at Denny's. And, and uh, it, was a, it was something. And I thought, you know, that, that just aggravated me. So I, I took my phone out and I called Denny's in Bartow. Good evening, Denny's Restaurant. Yes. Are you guys open? Uh, yes. We're open 24-7. I said, 
Well, I was just there. And they said, well, we're open. I said, I was just there with the bikers. Well, we were closed then. (laughs) I thought, wow, it really was unbelievable that we got rejected because we didn't look ordinary. And yet you couldn't find a brighter or better group of men and women to be on a motorcycle than all of those that, that rode the bikes with us that night. So we were trying to be, because the message is about salt and light. Say that with me, salt and light. So I want you to just stay with me a few moments. Here's Matthew, Matthew 5, 13. You're the salt of the earth. Say that with me. You are the salt of the earth. All right, here's the rest of it. Read it now. But if the salt loses its, how can it be, how can it be made salty again? It can't. That's it, it can't. Jesus was speaking, and those that were listening, they understood when he mentioned salt. Because what you may not know, salt was considered the most, the second most important commodity on the planet during that time. Most important. Why? Because uh, salt preserves. It preserves. The number one commodity was the sun itself, they believe. Salt second, the sun, S-U-N, first. Salt preserves. They had no refrigeration, no ice box. Nothing of that nature. The only way that they preserved food and meat was through the salt. And actually, it was so prevalent that that the Romans would pay people who did labor, they would pay them for their labor in salt because it was so valuable and, and so important. So, you know, well, you did a day's wages, let's look, or a day's work, let's see what you did, how you did it. Okay, Here, here's this much salt. And we got the saying that we often say now, hey, you know what? You're not worth your salt. It's because there were those in that day, that phrase came from there, that they did the day's work, but they didn't really do enough work to, to really get salt. So you're not, worth, you're not worth your salt. And so here's what God says. I want you to be salt. It's an example as salt was important then. I want you to be salt and I want you to be the light. What does that mean? How do you do that? You live your light so that salt reaches the heart of everyone and light, you are the light of the world to shine into darkness. Now salt not only preserves, but but it purifies. Not only does it purify, it creates a thirst. So I'm told. Now there's a couple times I have called in an order at a place, and they'd say, you may pick it up at the bar. I'm not hip on going to the bar. I'm not hip on anyone going to the bar much. But when I go, they have peanuts there. I thought, that's a pretty good deal. You get peanuts while you're sitting here waiting on your order. But here's what I found out. Little old ignorant me. The peanuts are salty. The pretzels are salty. The other stuff is salty. Why? Because when you eat so much of that salty stuff, you're going to need a beverage to drink. 
And so they tell me the best beverage to drink is a good old beer. Get you a good old beer, takes care of that saltiness and that thirst that's in your mouth. That's what I found out. Salt melts. You say up north, they take salt trucks and spread that on ice, melts, gives grip, grip and traction. Salt also heals. You can go and get in salt water at the ocean, got a scratch or two or whatever the case. And maybe you ladies said, I got on my bathing suit today and you had to reach for your little, your little razor and you know, you know what you do with it. And, and you thought, oh my Lord, I have all these places. Well, just as soon as you do that razor, walk on out in that salt water. It'll take care of it for you. You know, it'll only sting a little while. So I'm told. But you also could take your feet and put it on pot of salty water and just soak them it helps so here's what jesus says now that you understand the power of salt he says and the power of light matthew 5 14 you are the light of the world a city a city on a hill that's who you are that cannot be hidden now here's what he says since you're the light when you give your heart to jesus you signed up and said i've been redeemed Here's what he said. You don't have a choice of whether or not you're salt and you're light. He says, when you say yes to God, you deny yourself. Here's what he says. You become salt. You become light. It's not I'll work myself up to it. You are the salt and you are the light. And it happens by the way that you live Often in, in the homes of Palestinian homes, if they had a window, they would take a candle and, and put a, a little pot with a hole in it over it. Problem is, uh, it, would, uh, it would snuff out the candle and it would, it would die. Well, Matthew 5, 15, Jesus addressed that. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. You don't do that. You let it shine. Let it shine as if on a hill. And Matthew 5, 16, in the same way, you let your light shining before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. In other words, don't cover the light. You're the salt. You're the light. Now, the world needs light because it's dark. Culture is darker today than anything that I can read about in culture. I've heard people say that Noah's day was not nearly as bad as what's happening in culture today. And so here's what God did He created the church. The church is the bride of Christ. But when. We became followers of Jesus Christ. Yes, Lord. You immediately, automatically became light and you became, you became salt. And as a result of that, as a result of that, it happens by how you live, by how you live. I have some friends that we go out to with once in a while and time to time and, and they, uh, you know, when you have a server that comes to your table, how many of you know that servers are special people? Did you know that? 
uh, they do. They serve there. But I occasionally have this one friend, and they'll, they'll just say, uh, hey, if you don't mind, give me some water, all right? Thanks. I'll take water. Uh, and just almost as if, okay, I can tell you what to do, and there's no kindness there. No kindness there. You be kind to your server. Amen? Shouldn't you be? I mean, if you're nasty to your server, let me give you a little thought that I have. They might take your hamburger. <laughs> I have a lot of things running through my mind, but it's almost lunch, and I won't. <laughs> and put that bun back. Not until you get to the mustard would you know. But talk down to the server. Now, there's been times, my dearly beloved wife, because, because I am a patient man, <laughs> long-suffering, about like that. But I'm old enough that I've got it about here now. Amen? But here's the deal. I don't, I don't know about, I guess I'm confessing, and I probably need to. <laughs> but if that table over there happens to come in 15 minutes after I'm here, and that server brings their food, and I still don't have my food, I have to get in the sanctification mode. And Sharon will say to me, because she can read me pretty well, don't you do it. Don't you do it. Don't you do it. Why? You're the pastor. They might come to the church. Hello? But set that aside. Something bigger than that. I'm the light, and I'm the salt. Everybody with me? So if we pay attention to that. It's extremely important by how we live. Someone says, well, I need to know more about the Bible, you know? Well, no, you don't. It's automatic. When you became a believer and a follower, you automatically became the salt and the light. In Acts, there's this interesting story, Acts the 16th chapters, Paul and Silas, and they're preachers together and doing a great job. Paul, of course, lived a life under Saul and persecuted many uh, individuals, gave permission for Stephen to be stoned and et cetera. But he, he gives his heart to Christ. But So what's Paul? Paul is on fire to get that gospel out there. He wants to be the light. He wants to be the Saul. He's got a preaching buddy. Silas is there with him. And they're in the community. And you just don't get by them without them giving you a little bit of the message. Well, they begin to stir up a ruckus there and little challenge. And some of the authorities came and said, you know, you guys are too loud. You're obnoxious. Some, many of the Jews, you've, they don't want to hear what you have to say. So stop it. Paul said, but hey, there's some miracles that's taking place. Yeah, but just stop it. We want you to stop. Okay. 
All right, if you don't stop, we're going to put you in jail. Paul said, hey, I want you to learn I'm not afraid of the jail, etc. I've got to keep on delivering the word. I've got to be the light. I've got to be the salt. Finally, push came to shove. They arrested Paul and Silas. They stripped them in public of their clothing. They flogged them 39 times on the back. Of course, little glass particles in the end of the whip, along with rocks and stones, so that it would just rip the flesh off, and then threw them in prison and put their feet in stocks, opened them up so that their legs began to cramp, and there they are. No, no taking care of your wound, no stitching up your back, none of that. It's just you're bleeding, and before it's over, you're going to be seated in a puddle of blood. Paul must have turned to Silas and said, how do you feel? He said, well, I feel a little torn. I don't know how much more blood I've got left, but I really wasn't counting on this. How about you, Paul? Paul said, hey, I'm celebrating. You remember that, that you can't be more like Christ except you suffer and you're wounded for his sake? Well, what do you recommend that we do? I don't know. It's about midnight. Well, what do you think, uh, what do you think we ought to do? Acts 16, 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and they were singing hymns to God. And other prisoners were listening to them. Paul said, let's pray. And let's sing. And they began to sing. And you can't sing songs of praise to God but stirring up in the heavenlies. All the other prisoners began to hear it. Paul began to realize that they had an audience because he could hear the other prisoners maybe joining in a little bit. And he began to sing louder and louder. They were in a pit down in the darkness there. And they began to sing. And as they began to sing, God looked down on that. And he thought, wow, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. Silas must have looked and said, boy, the moon's bright tonight. Yeah, but the moon, Paul said, the moon is a reflection from the sun. The moon gets its light from the reflection of the sun. And he said, wow, that's wonderful. Well, just as you and I, salt and light, we get our reflection of the light off the sun, S-O-N, and that's what keeps us going. And all of a sudden, God looked down and said, you know what? I think I'm going to pull off something that will really shake the community up. And the earth began to shake. An earthquake took place. The chains fell off, the doors came open, and there's an old jailer over there, and he thinks, I'm in big trouble now, and expected the prisoners to leave. Silas jumped, thought, wow, the chains are loose, let's go, Paul. Sit down, Silas. They don't own us. We rule now. Let's keep saying, here's what the Bible said. They became light in the middle of that darkness. Because they believed God and they became salt in the midst of a situation, Paul could have said, we're murmuring, God, why us? I'm complaining. It hasn't gone right. I've tithed. I'm faithful. And then I get called in because of my message preaching about you. He could have taken that route, but he did not take that route at all. He said, Silas, why don't we still breathe and let's give them a little praise. There's another song we used to sing as children that 
that went like this. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. You know it, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. I'm going to let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. I'm going to let it shine. Here's our ending. Let it shine. Let it shine. Let it shine. We need to get back to our roots. Let it shine. Say, mine's not shining. You might be hiding it. You might be embarrassed to let your light shine. You may be intimidated by the darkness. I can't stick my neck out. I'm, these people are a bunch of rebellious sinners. You might be hiding it. You see, or maybe, maybe Satan's blowing it out. Maybe you're giving the devil permission to come over and, and mess with your light. You say, take you a bowl and cover it up, or, or let, me, let me blow it out. Let me blow it out, you know. Well, we're all right. It's a little, man, I'm, I'm, I'm getting too much attention here. I'm being called a screwball because I'm a follower. I'm, I'm, I'm a holy roller. I'm, I'm one of those professing believers. I, I don't know if I can take that. My friend, we prayed for him a lot, Larry Boone, pastor in Eustis, Florida. And um, he was on a motorcycle and pickup truck hit him. When it hit him, he had to go to the ICU, uh, brain, brain, brain injury, uh, swelling of the brain, broken uh, uh, clavicle, uh, bro broken legs, uh, etc. cetera. Uh, they really thought, hey, he's going to die. And that's what it was, too, a lot of injuries. They went to surgery, and as soon as he came through that first surgery, punctured lung, and they got that straight. They took him to a larger hospital in Orlando there. But while he was there in Eustis for that period of time, uh, his, his daughter and his wife and some other out of the church said, we can't get to him. It's COVID. And so we know, we know about where his room is. And so they, uh, they went out there and they decided to just pray, look it up, believe in God not being demonstrative of anything, singing songs of, of worship and just praying, God, you, you know he's up there. You know he's almost dead. You know what the word is. You know the doctors are working with him. You know he has a punctured lung. You know that brain is swelling. You know what's going on, God. And they began to pray. And they were there, listen now, probably 18 hours a day, 24 hours a day for the first several days. Well, several of the nurses, and including the doctors, had to walk by. It got attention. What's going on out there? Well, it's people praying over one of our patients. Finally, it got to the place that some of the nurses would come up and say, would you pray for me? I, I have a need. Will you guys pray? And just, you know, and they got to pray. They got to start giving out little testaments of the Bible. Finally, security said, Hey, can't do it here anymore. You know, appreciate it. We've given you enough room, but you need to go somewhere else. Well, they went to the parking garage. They found the place and the level where they could see his room. 
and they sit up in two parking spaces, a better position than they had down on the ground. And they begin to pray. It wasn't long the hospital knew. Many in that area, hospital, they knew what was going on. And more and more of the staff, of the nurses, the medical teams would come by, say hello. Boy, thank you for your faith. Do you know what they were doing? They were letting their light shine. They were being the salt. They were saying, we're not over here crying and asking God why. We're not pointing our finger blaming anyone. We're not saying, oh God, please don't let this happen. We're just praying to God because praying to God is the only way that we're going to get the results that we need. And you know what God did? God expanded their influence because they were willing to be salt and willing to be light and not letting their light under, hide under a bushel and not letting their salt lose its saltiness. They stood there. I'm happy to tell you that I saw him the other other day and he is of course now he's uh he's learning to speak again it's working pretty good and uh he was out of his wheelchair holding on to a rail and beginning to walk pushing his leg all because somebody prayed and decided decided to say we're going to be salt and we're going to light and god smiled upon him somebody say amen when paul was involved paul and silas were involved they started singing. There was no natural force that could stop them. The Scripture declares that the earthquake took place. The jail cells burst open. Chains fell off. And the guard took his sword out to spear himself. And Paul said, do not harm yourself. The reason he was going to take his own life because when they found out he was on guard when they were released, that they would torture him, and then they would embarrass his family in all kinds of bad things. And so the guard thought, I'm just going to take my own life and save the torture. Paul says, don't, don't harm yourself. None of the other prisoners had escaped. And the Bible said when that took place, the jailer called for the lights, rushed in and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. And he then brought them and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? And their reply was, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved and your entire household. The jailer was impressed. He knew how bad shape they were. He began to mend their wounds, bandage them up, give them help and assistance, called on his family, and his family also gave their life to Christ. Because two people who could have dashed the light and got rid of the salt, Tony Howe, many of you remember Tony and her husband, Tim. Tony died because she had cancer, and she went to Israel with us last year, a great couple, and Tim and Glenn had the service on Thursday, August the 13th. It was right here. There was a great crowd and social distancing for that, that funeral. Tim worked for the school board, and uh, a lot of those people were here, and, and school teachers were here who knew, who knew Tony. But when it came time for others to speak, one 
woman got up and came and stood right here. And she said, I, I got to know Tony through the school system. Now, Tony just volunteered. I got to know her through the school system. She says, and I, I met her. She would come and volunteer. I went through a nasty, horrible divorce. It was bad. I was mad, bitter, angry. Couldn't believe this was happening. I hated my ex. And I was, it was adversely affecting me and my ability to teach. But Tony became a friend. She was there. She'd come by and say, how are you doing today? Offer a prayer. I gave her my number at her request, and she began to call me every day, maybe a couple times a day, just checking to see how you're doing. She's yet to say to this teacher, why don't you take my hand and let me lead you in a sinner's prayer? She's just caring for her. She, of course, became a dear friend. She said, a friend that I never knew that I would have. She would call me up and say, have you had dinner? No, I haven't had dinner. I'm not hungry. I don't want anything to eat. She said, well, that's good because Tim and I'll be by your house in 20 minutes and we're going to take you to get something to eat, whether you like it or not. And she said, sure enough, they'd show up and I'd get in the car and we'd go get dinner. And she said, and that's the way it was. Often sharing your light is an inconvenience. Often being the salt of the earth is not a popular thing to do. She said, Tony became close, real close. She coached me and finally, of course, the opportunity for prayer came and salvation prayer. But she would coach me and she would say, uh, it's time for you to move on now. It's been a while since the divorce. It's time to move on and get rid of that bitterness and that anger. Time to pick up. She said, and she paused. And she looked at me after she paused after saying that and said, are you over it yet? In other words, you need to move now. Now listen, friend, there are people all around us in COVID who are scared to death. Their hope is dashed. Their dreams are in fear. Their life is in shamble. Their income levels have plummeted. And they're in the dark. But God has a church, Victory Church, that has the light of the gospel and salt that touches lives. And that light shines when you gather together to worship and people drive by on the highway out there over here and look at the parking lot with all the cars and there must be something at that church. Why, we let that light shine because of our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Paul says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. Jesus said, I didn't come to heal those that have no sickness. I came to heal those that are sick.
And that's who you are. That's where we sometimes forget the simplicity. I built a relationship with a person probably started four or five years ago. And I would go by and when I was that way and stop by their place of business and, and go in and say, hello, how are you doing, everybody? And some, when the reverend comes in, they turn and just walk away because they don't want to be near a reverend. And I know some reverends, and I understand why they would walk away. And, uh, uh, but I, I just never, you know, let that bother me. You know, not everybody likes you. Did you know that? Do you know there, there are some people that are disappointed because you woke up this morning? Hopefully you're not married to them, but, uh, but I, I just keep going by. You know, you know what I mean? Just lighten that candle a little bit. Just keeping at it. Well, finally got into a conversation over a period of time. Hey, won't you come to church? And man, I'd love to see you and love to have you. And I went through uh, McDonald's this morning. That's how y'all say it, McDonald's. You can forget the mix stuff. McDonald's. Told the lady there that you've been working on forever. I said, uh, when are you coming? She says, I need to go. I said, you say that every week. It's time to quit saying that. I said, you need to come. I'm coming. I'm going to surprise you. I said, you're not going to surprise me because I believe in you. I believe you told me you're coming. You're coming. But let me say this to you. It needs to be sooner than later, she said. Why? Why? That's because Jesus is coming and coming soon. I just threw a little candle in there. But this person kept on and over a period of time, come to church, come to church, didn't come. Oh, Reverend, love you and hug you next. See you later. Come back next time you're in. One time when I went in, he said, I've been waiting on you. I said, well, I'm just right there giving you a call. sat down <laughs> he said I uh, I went to my doctor the other day for my physical I, I have inoperable cancer he's an athlete inoperable cancer yeah I have cancer reverend what am I going to do I said well um, we need to pray yes sir I said, no, we need to pray. Why don't we, let's do first things first. You're a sinner. I want you to repeat this prayer, and God's going to save you if you humble yourself. Are you ready? Yeah. We prayed the prayer. Forgive me of my sins, etc. Then he says, what's next? I said, go to church. I said, I've been asking you for several years, come to church. You've been too busy. 
I said, you're not too busy now, are you? No, sir. He started coming. He was here Sunday after Sunday after Sunday after Sunday. He got sicker, sicker, tried treatments that didn't work. 90 days before he died, he began to ask me often, you think I'm going to heaven? Yep. I think you're going. He said, I believe you. If you said I'm going, I'm going. I said, I'm not the only one. Jesus said that you're going. You know, he that, he that has been set free is free indeed. Jesus died for you. I preached his funeral. I did. But a couple of days before he died, he asked again. I said, get, get ready. God's going to wrap his arms around you. How did that happen? Well, you're the preacher. Do you know that every time when God redeemed you, he said, you are the salt. You don't get a choice. You are the light. But he said, don't let your salt lose its saltiness, because if it does, it's no good. And don't cover your light up with a lamp. Put it on a hill so it can be seen from a great distance. And therein, that's what Victory Church is. We are a light in this community. We help and Dream Center and so many other areas with VCN. All that goes with it is to say, here's more light, here's more light, here's more light. And then let me say this to you, that, that darkness will never prevail over the light. Every time you shine the light in darkness, the darkness dissipates. Jesus said, if you boys and girls will get out there and show the light, the darkness will dissipate because they'll see the light and the light, hallelujah, will bring redemption. Amen. Let's stand on our feet and let's give the Lord a clap offering. Would you do that? Amen. Now, let me tell you where it's at. It's where you work. It's with people you know. It's with people that you're related to. In other words, you will not have to go far if you remember I need to use the influence where I am planted just by letting my light shine. I need to use that. Because here's the thing, many professing followers of Christ will never say one thing to a coworker about going to church, about Jesus, about the Word of God, for fear that they'll become embarrassed. If you are going to be embarrassed over anything, it better not be because you're the light of the world. And it better not be because you're the salt. So some of you listening online, your heart is not in tune. You're not right with God. Some in here right now, you say, my, 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 my light is under a bushel. I haven't let it shine lately. Matter of fact, if I were to ask God, he'd probably be ashamed of my light. Well, we're going to pray right now. This prayer is going to change your life.
So let's pray it together. Repeat it after me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I need forgiveness. You are my hope. Take my heart. Take my life. And use it as you choose. Let me sacrifice to do what your will is. Let me stand strong. Do not let me waver. Let me give it all to reach one more person. I believe by faith I am now forgiven. Use my life as you choose. In Jesus' name, amen. One more time. Come on. Let's get it on. Here we go. We're going to worship one more song. And, and let me say, let me say this to you. Those of you at home, uh, those of you at home uh, online, in the comment section, you can let us know you prayed the prayer and, and give us a contact. We will contact you on Facebook. You can do the same. Instagram, you can do the same. Twiddly do, twiddly d, you can do the same, okay? And then there's a card in the pew back behind you. You can fill it out if you're here and say, well, I'm not, I'm here. Just fill it out, put it in the bucket there, and let's enjoy the Lord. I love you, everybody. Hope to see you soon. Tomorrow night in the annual business meeting. One more worship. Here we go. Come on, can we declare together this morning, even when, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop working. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, you're working. You never stop, you never stop working. You never stop. Way maker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Way maker, way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Cause even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't. You're working, even when I don't feel it. You're working. You never stop. You never stop working. You never stop. You never stop working. Even when I don't see it. You're working. Even when I don't feel it. You're working. You never stop. You never stop working. Time to praise Him. Never stop. You never stop working. Way maker, miracle worker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Come on, raise it this morning. He's a way maker. Way maker, miracle worker. Promise keeper, light in the darkness, my God,
join us back this coming Wednesday. Have an awesome day, guys. We love you.